Craft Beer Radio episode 495 on March 30th, 2019. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the internet's longest running beer podcast. Woo! Exciting stuff. All right. So I was in Redmond, Washington mm-hmm. last week. Mm hmm. And I, I gained MVP status. Now I get the check bags for free. So I brought back oh. a bunch of beer. Well, so, we have a lot of IPAs in front of us. It is the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> like, I think everything I brought home was either an IPA, an Imperial Stout, or a Sour. Yeah. That's like it. Like it, There was nothing else like... Well, this, seemed... is a, this is a Saison farmhouse. It, okay. it made right. it probably not a Sour. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so where shall we start with one of the IPAs, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I think we should use the Saison as sort of a breakup in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And I think we could use the milkshakes kind of as a breakup, too. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the Smelvin. All right. So this is uh, from Melvin Brewing, their IPA. It is their OG IPA. Born out of the Shaolin Temple. I don't know exactly Mm. what that is. Okay. 7.5% alcohol by volume, 80 ABU. West Coast IPA brewed with two rows C40 carapils and hopped with uh, Centennial, Simcoe, and Citra. We have a uh, very Phase 2-ish build. Yep. All of these beers are from Total Wine, except for the Bellevue Brewing, which I got directly mm-hmm. at the source. This one was bottled on January 11th, canned on January 11th. Um, I didn't buy any IPAs from 2018, and... There were a lot of them on the shelves. <laughs> I even found some IPAs from 2017 on the shelves. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, okay, so this is a nice kind of golden color. Makes me think mm-hmm. there's a, you know, a lot of good malt in here. Oh, yeah. Very clear. Rich, rich gold color. Fluffy it, head. This one, 2012 gold GABF, 2013 gold the NABA, and 2015 bronze the GABF. That's right. I remember seeing that on the can. I was kind of up on the air to whether or by a January IPA, and then when I saw it won a gold medal, I was like, okay, it'll make the cut. Nice kind of dankness on the aroma, but... Yeah, it's kind of citrus, too, in there, though. Mm-hmm. Like a, a dark, uh, deep orange. Mm-hmm. You're getting a lot of sweetness from the malt too, so that's good. Orange, I think, maybe even goes like grapefruit, maybe like with the zest or something as well. Mm. The malt plays in there really well with those aromas. It leads with the malt. I mean, compared to. Actually, yeah, it's still a very hoppy beer. <laughs> but compared to your average 2019 IPA, it is notable that it's leading with the malt, right? It has a big malt to it. Reminds me kind of like a malt character that would be in uh, Two-Hearted or something mm. like that, perhaps. Or maybe Victory. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good malt there. Uh, hopping is, you know, it's phase two, but it's not, uh, it's not overly bitter. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not lasting like a big, bitter, like, mm-hmm. sticky in there. Yeah, the, the, the orange, really great orange flavor, and it's playing with the kind of... Mm, almost like honey crackers or something like that. It's not exactly what I want to say with the malt, but... 
yeah, it's it's an, um maybe a bit of uh, English muffin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, it's got that kind of centennial drive. Um, so it's sort of a bitter orange with um, with like hints of pine, but it's not really going into sappy and resiny so much. One of the beers that I had, I, I would save this story for the, when we're drinking the Sudu, but I'm gonna, I'll forget it. So let's just say it right now. One of the, they had so many IPAs on tap there. I think they had like 11 to 13, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. One of them was a rye IPA. And the guy mentioned that, you know, it came out late in the year. Like it didn't come out till November or something. And, you know, it um, isn't selling very fast because they now I think it's summertime beer or something like that. So I mentioned, you know, can I get a taste of that? I just want to make sure it's not too hop faded or something, you know. And, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, I didn't mean to say it was old. I'm like, I'll just take a taste. Got a taste of it. And it was, it was popcorn butter. Like it wow. was the, the diacetyl. Just... It was the most diacetyl. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, it was almost, it was so much diacetyl that it almost like went, Across the the crevasse and was good on the other side. <laughs> wow! Like if you want like popcorn beer, did you make him taste it? You like he? You could smell it in the sample glass. I'm like here, just just smell. And he he nodded his head. He um, I didn't see him do anything about mm-hmm. it, but he, it seemed like he agreed. And he was his picture was on the wall. He's employee of the year, so he's no slouch bartender. <laughs> This is the Melvin IPA. This is good. It's very good. I mean, um, I don't have any complaints about it. it it's... I could imagine how bright it is mm-hmm. fresh. Like, it is what, January, I think? Yeah. yeah, so it's two and a half months old. Yeah. Um, I mean, as, as phase two IPAs go, it's mm-hmm. it's really up there. It's it's really nice and drinkable. Good malt backbone to mm-hmm. yep. suspend these hops on. Um Quality, quality stuff. Yeah, for sure. Very well put together. And it doesn't really, it doesn't taste hop faded. I'm just imagining like a, a pop yeah, brightness yeah. it would mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Fresh. But this is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Oh, that's a winner. That's good. Yep. Good way to start. Okay. What is next? Let's go with this three magnets. We got two beers and three magnets. This one is the little juice smoothie. Okay. Uh, four ounces hand squeeze orange juice plus little juice IPA. Nope. No fruit was harmed in the making of this beer. They call it not a carbonated screwdriver, just beer, a bitter IPA like an IPA should be. A hazy version of little juice IPA. Okay. Uh, 6.6 knock by volume 65 IBU. This is uh, New England style, hazy as f. Yeah, it looks like and it doesn't look quite like orange juice. Doesn't, but it is, has the opacity of it. They say on here um, DDH. I'm not sure what that means. With citra mosaic and El Dorado. Hops. Double dry hop. Double dry hop. That does make sense. Yes. 
The old DDH. The old DDH. Um, they say on the can here actually six point eight, whereas on the untapped they only say six point six. So this gained two alcohol percentages. Where in Washington are these guys from? Uh, they're from somewhere on the can, right? Yeah, but the contrast isn't very good on the Olympia. Olympia, okay. Yeah, I'm going to the eye doctor. I'm going to get my uh, old man bifocal glasses or contacts <laughs> here soon. Okay, the aroma on this one has a bit of that hazy smell, right? Where you're getting a little bit creaminess. It This doesn't smell like creamsicle, though. This has a... There's a fruity thing going on there. It's like papaya, maybe? Yeah, something, something like something that. something a little, like, skin-like or not like a rindy or something as well. Hmm. If I'm not... I'm, it, it's kind of closed off aroma-wise for me. Okay. Hmm. There's some sulfury notes in the nose, too. If you like, give it the twist and turn, you know, or a swirl. Where's the can go? Where are you looking for? Go? Oh, there's right there. If you give it... um. If you let it open it up and cut the sides, it kind of has a fair amount of... Can I smell yours just to... Yeah, sure. Hmm. <clears throat> About the same. I, I guess the, the, the Melbourne was more expressive to me on the... Oh, on for the sure, videos. yeah. So... On the first sip, and I think it's mostly the transition from the Melvin, it got really hung up on, like, vanilla. Now I'm getting... Vanilla? Like a coconut thing. Like, things that aren't typically IPA flavors mm -hmm. are, are, like, landing all over my tongue right now. Maybe it, is co maybe it wasn't vanilla. Maybe it's more of a coconut or something. Not like that coconut we had last week. No. It's got lots of prickly carbonation. I'm not really mm -hmm. getting um, coconut so much. I'm getting more papaya, like you said before. Mm -hmm. Guava. The stuff you, you kind of get with El Dorado. Yeah. Um, orange. Good deal of orange. A little grapefruit. Yeah. Now I'm tasting a little more of the citrus. It's actually getting more acidic, too. It tastes more juicy. Like more like fruit juice, citrus mm -hmm. juice. Yeah, it has a lot of fruity characteristics to it. I can see why they're like, yep, no, no juices in here. Yeah. Because there's you... a little bit of dankness running through it as well. Like it's almost like a dank pineapple or something. No, I, I, they use a lot of citrus in here, I think. Uh, and that mm -hmm. um, can bring the dankness if you use a lot. Especially if you double yeah. dry hop with it. It's pretty bitter for a milkshake or a hazy or something. Like yeah, that. this doesn't. It doesn't strike me as a milkshake at all because it doesn't. I don't think it has that vanilla thing going. I think that that was yeah. more like maybe maybe I assumed it was a milkshake because there's the blender on the label right, yeah. and that kind of thing. But I mean, they really didn't describe lactose or anything, so I was mistaken there. Um, but yeah, this is more bitter than a lot of New England's as well. It's really building on the tongue. I'm not saying that's in itself bad. It's different. It's notable. And there, I think there's a could be a place for 
Oh yeah, more I think vinegar. I think it works. Yeah. Um, I, I I would say that my favorite uh, of these of this style doesn't mm-hmm. go very bitter, right? But uh, I don't see where I don't see that it doesn't work. I just think it's like yeah, it's uh, it's 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 an angle. Mm-hmm. They do say it's a bitter IPA in their description. Okay. So, I mean, they're you know, they're they're trying for this. This yeah. is what they were going for. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the three magnets. Uh, little juice, little juice smoothie. Smoothie. So, since you're, let me, uh, let me even up the glass there with you. <laughs> I'm drinking my sip a little faster than Greg's. Yeah, pretty good. I drink more of this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we have another three magnets later on in the show. Yes, so. we do. And this one is definitely... Well, no. No, it's not. What's Never that? Mind. I was going to say it's a milkshake, but no, the milkshake is this one. Yeah. So the, These river bends, they had a whole series of them, but like this was the newest one, and it's not that new. Mm-hmm. And then they just got like exponentially older. <laughs> Maybe they're, they're probably like... They're probably not all released at the same time. They're probably released over a sequence. Right. Yeah. So like, being able to have a vertical of the thing... <laughs> oh, that's what I, when I tweeted about old beer... And I showed the 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 Crux fermentation where I showed the one that was three months old and the one that was um, twenty seven months old. Uh, someone replied, "Vertical tasting." <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Sitting on the shelf at room temperature for Mm-mm. almost two and a half years. That's those them's the good IPAs right there. I think there's any uh thing in here that no, there's nothing nothing beer wise that I've that was like news. Um the only thing that caught my attention, it's not newsworthy, but the Sam Adams pink boots beer. Oh, there was something. Okay. Go ahead. Same as Pink Boots one. You know, Pink Boots is the society of like women brewers, mm-hmm. brewers and journalists, and we'll get the other and make a beer once a year usually. And Santa, Sam Adams, it's a brewed IPA called um, When There When There Are Nine, and that's off the quote of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Said when she answered the question, "When will be there enough women on the Supreme Court?" She said, "When there's nine. Um, they wanted to call it Brute Bader Ginsburg. That, uh, yeah, I saw something like that. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, they thought it was a little too close. So I thought that was a fun story. Um, on Tuesday, March 26, uh, the court issued a preliminary injunction against Miller Coors for Stone. Oh, that's right. Because they had that whole Stone. They were, yeah, the Keystone beer. They were promoting Stone and minimizing mm-hmm. the key. And... Um, Greg Cook made a big deal on social media about them doing it intentionally to ride on Stone's coattails. And I guess the court, so far, the court, it's, agrees. Yeah. court agrees to this point. It's not, this is like, there's plenty to go, yeah. but this is a preliminary injunction that stops Miller Coors from selling Stone. Mm-hmm. So, have to get their cans relabeled. That's interesting. Is there anything else? 
that was the one thing I had in my oh. head. There was like there was some news story that that we had talked about before, right? And that was it. Okay. All right. So. You got another beer? Yeah, I'm waiting for you to finish your beer. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to fill the, the awful dead air. But... <laughs> okay, so this is the Sudo IPA. All the Unix nerds out there, yes, this is actually named after the privilege escalation command. I like to say, I like to call it Sudo. We had a little thing actually before the show started where um, both... Both uh, ways of saying it make sense. Mm-hmm. Sudo because it's S U D O and S U D O. Yep. And sudo because you're basically becoming a pseudo super user. Right. And it is probably if it was done well, it's you know means both. Right. It has mm-hmm. a double double meaning to it. So they have all the information you want on the can. Um, the hops are cryomosaic. Sure what that means. Uh, Amarillo and Citra. Uh, the malts are Pilsner, white wheat, and flaked barley. Uh, they call it a crazy hazy in the IPA. So this is really interesting because the bartender described it as a hazy IPA. Mm-hmm. But on tap, it was crystal clear. Weird. Five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, I thought he was just saying, you know, it's made like a hazy but it's, I, I don't know what he meant now but now that i pop one of these cans open and it's honest to goodness hazy yeah, why, why is, were the drafts that he was pouring crystal clear this is that new england style where mm-hmm. it's you know it is very much uh this it's, one's, it's not quite th- white this one's more wit beer than yeah. orange juice opacity right. so it looks more like the, a wheat and he mentioned you know they use wheat in the ingredients right mm-hmm. so wheat, yeah so this could taste very different from the one that I had on Thursday. It could. Since I mean, it was clear. It's interesting. It makes me worried, of course, because the last the last time we had a beer that was a hazy that was clear, remember, it was the flower one. Oh, no. But it just didn't pour like that, so. Yeah. All right, so the aroma, it's kind of the so the dank, kind of little... Well, I mean, so this has... Okay, so mosaic... Amarillo and Citra. Okay. Yeah, so, the Amar- I think the Amarillo is yeah. what I'm smelling mostly on the on the aroma. It's a, it's even a little bit catty. Has that kind of wheaty kind of fullness of uh, hmm. in the aroma. Pretty juicy. Almost like a raw wheat type flavor. Yeah, the, it, it, starchy it's or something like that. It, it's hitting me. The, the wheat particularly is is hitting. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like it doesn't feel like it has nearly as much of a malt backbone as I was expecting. So, mm-hmm. like the the yeah. and that's sort of the, the the wheat in there is is carrying. I think most of most of what's happening. Um, with pilsner and flake barley and white wheat, so I mean it's a it's a pretty light malt mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Second sip, it wasn't quite as scratchy. It wasn't quite as like the first sip tasted kind of like the like grain dust, like you know, like that's on in the sack. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're dealing with grain and stuff like that, I got this really grain dusty type flavor. 
Second one, not as much. Getting a little bit more acclimated to it. I'm not loving it. Um, I feel like... I feel like this is... This is... Well, I feel like I guess a little juice smoothie is doing what this did better. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, this is a different beer. Mm-hmm. I, like, I didn't really question why he called it their hazy when it was clear. Right. And didn't really... I thought maybe he was just saying it's it's all the goodness of a hazy, but without all the haze. Mm-hmm. Um, and I disagreed with that. I, I, I didn't tell him. I didn't want to, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm like, dude, look at my palate. It's huge. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be like that. But I enjoyed the beer. I enjoyed the beer quite a bit. Uh, this one, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm not unenjoying it, but not. I didn't like it as much as the one that was on draft. Yeah, the the, the this uh, little juice smoothie had a lot more like mm-hmm. character and um, and and uh, it 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 had more uh, more depth mm-hmm. to it. This just feels. This almost has a weeded IPA type flavor to it, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and the hops themselves don't have a, a much distinction between each other. They're mm-hmm. kind of, um, they're they're more rindy. They're more like yeah. I mean they are. I, I think if you, I'm going to try to reset here. I'm going to try to imagine I'm drinking a, a wheated IPA, and and see if I'm more satisfied. Because okay. that last sip really kind of hits home there. And you could actually, you know, I wonder if anyone's actually rebranded their wheat IPA to be hazy just because it looks the part. Does it remind you of like Gumblehead? Uh... Not like Gumblehead, but it does, because re- I mean, that's almost like a, it's been so long since I have it, but I remember being more of a Hefeweizen IPA, mm. right? Where, where a wheated IPA, like Wheat Hop from East End, or um, I think it plays that role. I think, I think Sudu might be their wheat IPA with a different moniker just because people aren't noticing yeah i i i guess i'm not i'm not feeling the weed ipa so much in terms of of mm. how it's just going down with me or it just feels like less than an ipa yeah <laughs> in, I mean, in, in those senses i really wanted to like this beer i mean it's it's got yeah, computer yeah. nerd like yeah you probably like the draft one it was more west coast ipa it was because it was clear the mosaic was in there pretty strong. Well, like Melvin was super West Coast, but it had yeah. that awesome like yeah. malt backbone. Yeah. And this is like at five percent, it really does not have. It's almost a session IPA in some sense. Um, yeah, it does have a little bit of that too. Interesting. Which maybe why I'm not super into it because mm-hmm. I never. That's a style that never never hit me too. Hard. Right. All right. I think now it's time for the commercial, and then it'll be time for. The saison that's in the green bottle. Uh oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, this is some baby elephants. Yeah, no, I've I've, I've changed it up a little bit. Yeah. I think we're going with a little. It's a ah, okay. This is more shoppy. They're like this gets people <laughs> wanting to get out there. Go to craftyradio.com/amazon. You know what I bought on at craftyradio.com/amazon today? What did you buy? A robot vacuum cleaner. Oh. I didn't get a Roomba. No, there's plenty of other there's ones. There's plenty of other ones. I got, I don't even remember the name. It starts with an E. I, I found a like wired bunch of reviews. 
and they rated one very well and actually we stepped up from there because I wanted one that could do the charge and resume because my first floor is probably too big to do it all in one mm-hmm. charge because I have a mansion um, <laughs> so I went up from that and yeah so I ordered a robot vacuum cleaner reading reviews they seem like they're pretty capable devices these days yeah I, I was thinking about anyway because I mean I don't like vacuuming it's annoying it doesn't take long where I live but it's still right you know, pull up thing. But you probably also don't need one that needs charge and resume for your apartment. Probably either. not. So you could probably get one for around 200 mm-hmm. And just think, that's like a month worth of vacuuming, and you'll probably be like, hey, worth every penny. It's like the TSA pre-check that I got, right? You know, $85, I went through security one time, and I'm like, paid for. <laughs> no more regrets. Easy peasy. yeah. yeah. You know, Good so point. so the vacuum cleaner is probably the same way. If you want to get your robot vacuum, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And it's a freaking robot. It, it is. It does work for you. It's your minion. Alrighty. So this is one of the few bottles that I brought back from Seattle. This is Shared Table, Saison Farmhouse, Belgian style ale. Mm-hmm. Green bottle because they probably believe in that whole thing that the saison should be a little bit skunked. Yeah, this is from Matchless Brewing, five point eight percent alcohol volume, thirty five IP. They call it their take on a true Belgian saison. Uh, lightly tart, soft and pillowy, while still crisp and dry. Hopefully, it's not skunked as skunked AF, huh? We'll see. We shall see. It's a lot of head on that, but hey, this is saison. Yeah, it should be champagne, right? Mm-hmm. I like the kind of pepperiness on the on the aroma, at least through the the first initial like batch, and mm-hmm. and even through all this head, I got that. So that's an yeah. interesting. Sound. No, no skunking really on the nose. Like it, you didn't get like wow. Yeah, I didn't see a date on this bottle. But being a Belgian, it shouldn't be as imperative that it's fresh. I probably would have bought any 2018 version of this. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Is there... Well, the green bottle. Maybe I would have bought to like June of 2018 for the green bottle. <laughs> Try not to shake it up too much. I'm just trying to search to see if there's any like. Yeah, so the, the aroma is estery from. You mentioned peppery right mm-hmm. off the bat. I'm not getting peppery right off the bat. I'm smelling mostly like flower petals and stuff like that, like an estery type thing. Little like a lavender or something like that. Yeah, there's, there's. I, I like the flowers thing. I still get a little thing of a pepper. Maybe it's not. It, it's more of a. Okay. Now, so I just kind of did the whole tilt the glass so the beer is almost spilling out and turn it. Um, it's like swirling for wine, but mm-hmm. since beer is carbonated, you really don't want to excite it too much unless you're trying to work out the gas. So that's one of the reasons the tilt and turn works better than just a swirl. Um, when I did the tilt and turn, I got kind of a. Hefeweizen, clovey thing coming yeah. out of it. It's not like a strong pepper. It's more mm-hmm. of a... Yeah, okay, I'm getting it now, for sure. Any, like, dandelion? There, there's, some, there's some interesting flower things going on there. Wow, what? What? Spicy. Spicy! It's interesting. It is. Hmm. Okay, so it's really spicy. It's a function of intense carbonation, 
but also some phenolics. You know, there's something that's kind of cardamomy in there. Or something that's a little bit peppery in there. I, I really don't know how I would maybe white pepper. I don't know how uh, that's I would what I, it. that was on my mind. White pepper, yeah. So it's which is not quite as as uh, uh, punchy mm-hmm. as like as black pepper. Yeah. Um, it's not alligator pepper. You know, I already right. I already decided it wasn't that. It's it, it it's spicy without being like it's not hot and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like it's not warming spicy. It's just sort of has a character of like a lot it's, of different. It's it's unusual. It's it's phenolic. It has a lot of right. these but it's doing it without getting. I'm going to use the word cloying. You know, how cardamom can get yeah. kind of spicy cloying. Uh-huh. It's not the same kind of cloying, but it's a different kind of. Cloying. It's it. This is intensely spicy, but for me, it's not going into that overspiced cloying realm it's not sharp either right it's not like yeah. prickly in 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 ways it's just it, it's just it has a lot of um wow it's it, it has a lot of expressiveness i mean, I mean in, in you can tell we're area. yeah you can tell we're both excited and it's because it's intensely spicy and it's not overboard it it, it it's working and that's pretty cool you know it's Something that we haven't tasted in fourteen years. Yeah, and that's it, that's really cool when that happens. It gives it this this really nice uh, a crispness where you might not expect it. It, it doesn't. Uh, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's it is really good. good. I mean, it's it's kind. It's I mean, I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to find more facets because mm-hmm. it's. It's a really cool flavor. I'm worried that it's a one note thing, and I'm hoping to find more. Right, because I really not able. I haven't found anything else yet, and I don't know what that would mean at the end of the show. Because it's really cool. Like I said, it's a, it's kind of a combination of flavors we haven't had in 14 years. So there's like a little uh, flowery kind of like daisy thing going on in the background there, maybe a little potpourri ish. When you mentioned dandelion, that kind of hits me on a subconscious note. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not tasting it, but yeah, I know it's there. Like, there's something dandelion. It's more of an sure. aroma thing to me, uh, and and dandelion just has sort of like a, you know, the smell gets me a lot, and mm-hmm. the flavor is 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 more subtle, but yeah. a little bit green with a little like. It's, it's it's like a mixture between rose and orange. Yeah, there's a little field greens mm-hmm. thing in there, even if it's not. The, this is the the matchless brewing uh, shared table or saison. It's really interesting. I love how it's in a green bottle, but it's not the least bit noticeably scummy. Yeah, especially um, you know sitting on the shelf at a total wine for. I mean, my guess is they don't use a lot of hops in this sucker, no. which yeah. means that it's not really going to. Because um, I don't taste hops. Yeah, the the ones that are there are are almost certainly just like old bittering. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's where the skunking comes from is from uh, the hops in in mm-hmm. beer. So, my guess is you leave this out in the light, it really won't skunk all that much. Maybe a tiny bit. Right. The reason we're talking about the green bottle is a couple years ago, the brewers at Jester King. Right had mentioned that they think to make a classic saison skunking could actually be part of what you should look for 
a little bit of skunking. At the time I poo-pooed it, in, in retrospect, I can see where small bits of that flavor it reminds me. can come in, mm-hmm. in in interesting ways, right? Well, it reminds me of a story of when Keith Cost, a friend of ours, was in um, Czechoslovakia drinking Czech Pilsners. Right. Mm-hmm. And the beers over there, they were chock full of diacetyl. But it worked in the beer. Mm-hmm. At least, and his story was, you know, he was writing Gordon Strong, one of the main BJCP style guys, about it and saying, style guidelines are off if you're considering what they're brewing in Czechoslovakia to, or Czech Republic today as a um, Czech pills. You know, um, then the guidelines are off, you know, that kind of thing, because there was tons of butter, but it was in a place where butter worked. Right. Um, probably not as much butter as I had in that beer <laughs> from Bellevue, but... Um, like I said, you know, they're out of morbid curiosity. I almost ordered like a four ounce glass just to you see. You just what... poured it on popcorn. Just... I know, but it, that's what it tasted like. It tasted like the best bite of popcorn at the movies, is what it tasted like. That's good. I, I like, I enjoyed that. It's a nice, it's also a nice, um, bridge between yeah. the IPAs we've been having too which you know that you know we've talked about before how flight plays a role in all of this yeah as i'm drinking it i think i'm tasting like a lot of the wheat right now big esters in there as well kind of some kind of floral thing and um the spice is still there pretty good pretty good shared table i mean that matchless brewing All right, rinse these glasses out. Tums Matchless up. is in Tumwater, Tumwater, Washington. All right. Both of these are probably hazies. Both of these are. This one, I don't know if this is a hazy. Okay. Well, let's save that one. Let's do the riverbed. All right. <laughs> so the riverbed. Hawaiian Crunk from Riverbed Brewing Company, a milkshake IPA, seven point two percent by volume, sixty IBU. Um, milkshake IPA with passion fruit. Ooh, yes, blood orange and pink guava. Yikes! You can smell it. Seven percent alcohol by volume. 65 IBU. It's almost, it smells like a... What's it smell like? It smells like... <laughs> you, um, a fruit smoothie, right? Or, yeah. you know... I'm or like to... fruit, like frozen yogurt, almost. Like in like the, the fruit... I was going to say like yogurt with like the fruits on top, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have really a lactic right. thing. But... but... Yeah, it smells like one of the Dan and yogurt cups with the fruit on top or something, right? <laughs> you know, just the fruit part. Yeah, I mean, it actually smells pretty nice. I, I was like, I, I was a little shocked by it at first, coming mm-hmm. off of the saison and stuff. Yeah, no, it has a really good fruit aroma to it. It's some combination of passion fruit and guava. Yeah, it's it, it's you know at that point of the border of my experience because I don't have it very right, yeah. often. 
Well, the, the the initial impression of the first sip was okay. That works. Um, there, there's, it's it very juicy. It does. It has a bit of um, canned fruit juice type flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, like pineapple with passion fruit or something right, like right, that. Right. It carries that. It plays into the malt. The malt's kind of light. The malt is. It kind of bites into that bitterness and or the tartness and kind of spreads it out. It's pretty good. <laughs> It's definitely I, like a beer cocktail, right? Yeah, this is definitely yes. in the beer cocktail realm. Absolutely. Uh, this doesn't really go overboard with uh, like vanilla or uh, lactose or anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more about the fruit juice than anything else. Uh, and uh, it's coming through very strongly and expressive. And it match it, it fits with, with the rest of the beer. So mm-hmm. uh, beer cocktail-wise, it's... it's the, balance is, the balance is superb. Yeah. This, this is really... Good balance for a fruity beer cocktail mm-hmm. type beer. Mm-hmm. It, uh, there's, there's there's enough bitterness in there to to mm-hmm. yeah. um, to balance well, off. It, the... it plays almost like a bitters or something yeah. like that, right? It. I love a good cocktail, and yeah. this is reminding me of a very good cocktail, mm-hmm. and that's that's <laughs> excellent. Yeah, this is impressive. The balance is just really good. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a purist and you just want beer in your beer, you know, beer cocktails. So, what is a beer cocktail? Some people might not realize. And you can make cocktails, which is a mixture of beverages with beer in them, mm-hmm. right? One of the first times I had a beer cocktail that really excited me was uh, Prima Pills Mimosas. Mm-hmm. So, Victory Prima Pills and Orange Juice. Probably pretty good. I haven't had it, but. Pretty good, yeah. It was a breakfast brunch thing I had in Philly Beer Week when we went out there when Allison was just an infant, and um, it was the Millennium or Marathon Marathon Grill, and it was like waffles and Prima Pills mimosas, and um, that's kind of when I decided to stop being like a r- religious Puritan. <laughs> it's easy to start. Because we did, we both did. Was no, not not even using beer for cooking, right? Beer is for drinking, and you should only judge the beer that's in the glass, and mm-hmm. that's it. And I think that as we've drank a whole bunch of beers, mm-hmm. got more understanding of also the the other things that are out there in in the beverage world. I mean, over the past four months or so, I've been drinking a lot more wine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I used to think you know there's so much beer. I don't have any liver capacity for wine. I've since changed my mind. <laughs> there, there, there's so much out there in the in the the world in terms mm-hmm. of, of alcoholic beverages that that has so many things that are awesome and taste great. It's like, yeah, go for it. I mean, like, oh, yeah. try the new thing and let and and play and see what you come up with because that's where. The, that's why things grow is because they they experiment and change and then they they allow themselves to to reach out into these new areas specifically i remember when we were talking to joya at a saver right and she's doing that thing about cross drinking right and i was like wow well, whatever but yeah that's fine you cross drink i got beer and now, now i find myself like ordering wine at, at restaurants mm-hmm. and like uh <laughs> why was i so stupid before <laughs> You learned. Yeah. You learned. Mm-hmm. Eventually. And you have experience. It took, it took me a while to get there, but yeah. 
and having done as many beers as we have, I think we, we've. If anything, well, that's it, that's actually part of it, right? It's almost like grinding on World of Warcraft, right? Like I'm a level forty something, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it like takes so much grinding on beers to get excited, like we did with the shared table. Yeah. Where when I move over to wine, it's like one of every four wines is like, "Whoa, look at that! Mm-hmm. That's new!" Or, or "Oh, there's something I haven't had." Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. So I, I think that's a part of it for me is I'm just grinding the RPG of the beer game. Right. Yeah. And when I start playing the wine game, it's like I'm leveling up all the time. If, if anything, the the suit felt like a grind. Okay. Right, like of of the beers that, that we've had the, today, this was the grindiest beer. This was the beer oh, that was just sure. Like... But I mean, in my analogy, every beer we had today, except for the shared table, was like, oh, it's just another great beer. Right. So but... I mean, great beers can still be a grind. It's those mm. exciting beers. Mm-hmm. And how often? How many beers do we have to drink before we get an exciting beer? You know that kind of thing. More so, and more. Here's here's where I would say mm-hmm. it's gonna be. It's gonna sound like a weird analogy if I just came up with it. So, uh, so forgive me. Okay. But uh, prime numbers start out being very close together, uh-huh. and then yeah. they get further and further okay. apart. Sure. Yeah, it's just it's just like leveling up on RPGs. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying the beers tonight sucked. I'm just saying you know they were flavors, except for the the shared table was the only thing that brought me a brand new flavor tonight. Yes, yes. Right? So that's the exception, and everything else is just what we do. And when, in, in wine, maybe I don't get the high, the highs and, you know, the super high that the shared table gave me. I'm still, like, I'm excited, I'm engaged, I'm learning new things. Like, every glass with beer, it, you know, I, I've already used the analogy. Well, also. so, I mean, it's interesting because I think the shared table gave, gave so far, the, the most interesting and new flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was my favorite tonight. No, it probably isn't my favorite either. But it it is it's new. It's the thing I got XP points on tonight, right? <laughs> if we're going to use the role playing game, well, analogy, a, but if you grind, you get XP points for for everything, right? But that was the 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 big boss. It was the the, the unique. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. No, that was River Bend's Hawaiian Crunk. And a passion orange guava milkshake IPA, and what great balance! You know, if 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 milkshake IPAs weren't a thing, it would be a cocktail beer, and it's it, it doesn't feel like a typical milkshake because I, when I think of milkshake, I think mm-hmm. of lactose and yeah. uh, the other stuff. This yeah. one had more of because it had the kind of bitters type feel, mm-hmm. and it kind of had yeah, I call it a cocktail IPA if anything. Yeah, but that's not a thing. You can't a... you can't print money with cocktail Why? IPAs. You should you should be able. We should try to start it. We really should. So our last beer of the night is another one from Three Madness. This is Mental Block, six point five percent alcohol by volume. Uh, this is um, I don't know if this is a hazy or not. It looks like it, it. looks kind of hazyish. It looks it? murkier than most of the other beers tonight. They call it the Centennial India Pale Ale. So I'm guessing they use Centennial in here. I don't have any information about it. Uh, well, maybe I do. Do I have that fermental block, or is that 
some other site. What? Okay, so the aroma is kind of weird. Like... First time I smelled it, I thought I smelled like strawberries. Second time I smelled it, I smelled like a tangy cheese, like gorgonzola or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I smell a mixture of the two. Carbonic too is a carbonic acid. Yeah, it's super, super carbonated. But that that blue cheese aroma was not what I was expecting in this guy. And still there, kind of feet like. It's, I mean, it's not all the way there for me. It's it's sort of halfway there for me. It's, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to like this beer, but it is significant. Centennial India Pale Ale. The flavors are familiar. This is like the comfort food of an old beer geek. I mean, that sip, they're bright and juicy, but that is Centennial, like right off the top. That's weird. It's a Centennial Hazy. It's a Centennial Hazy, and it's super saturated, and you get other flavors from it. Like, you get the best of the citrus out of Centennial. But that from the, the very beginning of that first sip, that is like, what? I had that in the 90s, you know? It's, it's Centennial, so it has a kind of, like, celery thing going on, too. Um, mm-hmm. And Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Which, if you've had enough celery, you know, it kind of gets a little fruity mm-hmm. at the yeah. end, like, at the edges. Yeah. Hmm. Second sip wasn't. It seemed more. Seemed more the same old. I wasn't excited on the second sip. Hmm, I'm a little bit. Pour a little bit more in this. This Lighten is is this hazy New England looking. Mm-hmm. So it it's an interesting take to to go New England with Centennial hops, which is what I. I don't taste doing. any of the cheese that I can smell. I'm not able to taste it. That's a weird beer, man. Weird beer. All right, think, um, hmm. so, <laughs> Two Hearted is all Centennial, isn't it? Is it? Has a lot, if it's not all. This is like punk Centennial, though. There, there, there is a cheese thing happening here. I'm just trying to get, it, it's like, um, it's like not quite Parmesan. It's uh, um, it's like a hard goat cheese or something like that. Sort of, yeah. Like not a chevre, chevre, but like I just had palate drift, right? I don't know. About a week ago, I had some um, goat's milk, hard goat's milk cheese that I think it was washed. I had coffee or something on on the outside, and you know I'm kind of remembering. Because you know, like a hard goat's milk is not as tangy as a chevre. How do you how do you say it? Chev chevre chev chevre Okay, not nearly as tangy as that, and that's kind of what I'm getting on this one. But we've talked about that before, right? Palate drift. We're going to pull things that we've tasted recently. That's what people do. So yeah, the weird thing about uh, Centennial is, is it pulls in uh, somewhat uh, vegetable and melony flavors. So we're getting like cucumber yeah. a bit, and no, you're I, yes, absolutely, cucumber is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, bitter. That's like, an awesome call, actually. 
<laughs> Thank you. Probably a little bit of honeydew too, since you mentioned melon, but the cucumber is a bigger call. Things you might not necessarily like look for when you're tasting an IPA. Right. And, it, you know, just to be open-minded and try, like, your entire vocabulary. That's the lesson learned here. I would never say cucumber, and it's a really good call. But why does it smell like feet? <laughs> why does it smell like feet? It's a weird... That, that should have been the answer. That should have been the name of the beer. Why does it smell like feet? I think that's the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. This is the mental block from. Oh, so we're getting a mental block. Yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. mental block from Three Magnets. Very interesting beer. Confounding, if you yeah. Take some balls to do a hazy centennial. Yeah, it's suitably different and um, still expressive and, and enjoyable, but at the same time, like he, questionable. <laughs> no, we, we don't want to use our galaxy or, or mosaic or mm-hmm. Eldorado on this beer. Let's use centennial. Well, we just have a whole bunch of extra centennial. Let's just try it. I mean, it smells like feet, but it tastes pretty decent. <laughs> Why does it smell like feet? Is there a parsley thing in there too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to rank. This might really go good with a steak. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably right. All right, so ranking time. Dun, dun, dun. Well, I know it's in my last place, and it's the it's it's the Bellevue. It's the pseudo. Uh, it's uh, it was the, the the beer that really didn't do it for me mm-hmm. of these, sure. and um, I mean, I I understood where it was going, but. It's not, not it wasn't going to an area that I really love all that much, so eh, it, it hits last place. Um, I think it, it's yeah. I'm gonna have to put this mental block in fifth place. I I I, I like it in terms of what is the interesting <laughs> stuff that it's doing, but is it really my favorite? Of, of you know, does it does it match up with what? I've had the rest of the night. No, not really. So I'm not going to put that that far. I'm not going to put that ahead of, of any other ones. I think... I think in terms of just sort of straight enjoyability, uh, I liked the share, the, the, the share table a lot, but I kind of feel like I wouldn't have loved a whole bunch of it. Like I don't know if I would be able to do this whole yeah, bottle yeah, of it. Sure. So that you know, so it's fourth place. It's really good, and and I recommend it. And and it's 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 interesting and and new, and that's great. But just drinkability wise, not so much. Wow. Okay. So 
here we hit some some really excellent beers that I really enjoyed a lot. Hmm. Uh, the, the beer. So I'll go to my first place beer. The beer that I actually enjoyed the most was the River Bend. I think mm, the, uh, okay. the the cocktailness of it uh, made me. Um, I didn't. I I, I just kind of loved it. They're from Bend, Oregon. They're not the. They're like the only non-Washington brewery. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then you know, I I think that between the Melvin and a little juice smoothie, I maybe kind of like the Melvin more. Okay. Maybe just barely. Like it. It, it was. And I lied. Melvin's from Wyoming. <laughs> ah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to put the Melvin in second place, and I'm going right. to put the uh, the little juice smoothie in third place. But I think you can switch those easily. Uh, I think you could really play with all three of, of these in the front three, and, and it'll work really well. Sure. All right. I, too, am going to have to put the Sudo in last place. Um different beer than I had on tap. Um I think if I knew I was if I was judging it against the wheated IPA, I think I would have done better and I would have hit the spot better. Mm-hmm. And I like me some wheated IPAs. I think the for the general audience out there, the beer drinking audience, there's probably not any room left for those between IPAs and hazies. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be like this like style that's going to get co-opted one way or another. Uh, then I'm going to put the Mental Block, the beer we just drank, in fifth place, just like Greg did. Um, good for you, putting a hazy Centennial out there. It had some interesting flavors. Mm-hmm. Why does it smell like feet? That's the question. That, that that's the, the, question. the question of the episode. Why does it smell like feet? I think I'm going to put the other three magnets in fourth place. The Little Juice Smoothie. Um, this one had some, so to be honest, I'm, I, it's in fourth place because it's less memorable than the beers mm. above it. Um, I remember, so I actually had a can of this at the hotel. I liked tonight's better than the can at the hotel, which is interesting, right? Because generally when I'm not in show mode, I like beers better yeah. than I am in show sure, mode. Sure, sure. And I liked this beer better than the one I had at the hotel. So that has something to say about it. Like this beer is better when you flight examine it under a microscope. That's that's unusual. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna put the shared table in third place. It was the pepperiness on that was fantastic, and I said I was a little worried that it was gonna be a little one note, and it was mostly one note. There's some other things in there I got towards the end, but not enough to beat out the next two beers. I, too, I'm going to agree with you, Greg. I'm going to put the Melvin in second place and the Riverbend in first place. If the Melvin was, like, two weeks old, I can just imagine what it could have been. Mm -hmm. But at two and a half months old, it is what it is. It's a really good multi-IPA. Plays those flavors really well together. Gave great citrus, great English muffin, a little bit of honey in there. So good. And the Riverbend, um... Passion fruit, guava, citrus, IPA. 
didn't really fit into the milkshake as much, but what it fits even better into what we're going to coin cocktail IPAs, mm-hmm. where it seems more like a whiskey sour or an old-fashioned or something like that than it does a milkshake. Yeah. And, you know, I think brewers need to embrace the whole cocktail notion of beers, if, both, if they... both in canning the complete thing or using their beers in cocktails. It's... It... It... I mean, in a sense, if they did, then, I mean, they might lose less. I mean, I know that there's there's people losing, there's talk about losing shares shares to to cocktails. Well, hey, embrace it and and bring it in, Mm -hmm. like like Riverbend does. I don't know know many people who would not enjoy that, honestly. Yeah. I think it's a very Mm wide-ranging, the beer geeks like it, the people who quote-unquote don't like beer probably enjoy it as well. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Fun show. Primus is going to play us out. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. I really do appreciate it. I'm sure Greg does as well. Very much so. And if you want to contact us, the email address is beer at craftbeerradio.com. Don't really worry about social media so much anymore. So we're old. We've, We've passed the point where we can't. Yeah, I have a personal social media. You can find it if you want to. I bitched about beer last week, but other than that, it's been pretty quiet. Um, thank you, everyone. Creative Commons license, blah, blah, blah. Not really. Whatever. Bye. Bye. <laughs>